1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. Taxation without representation is tyranny. That was James Otis, a Massachusetts political activist, who said that in the first time. And that was in 1776. Taxation without representation is tyranny. That was the foundation and one of the main reasons for the American Revolution. And guess what? We still have taxation with representation. Uh, well, it's worse. S- I was going to say, what do you feel about <laughs> taxation with representation and the taxes that they were fighting about back uh, 200 something years ago was a lot less than what we're paying now. Well, it is, but we have a lot more to pay for, don't we? <laughs> we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Well, good Sunday morning to Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. Thank you for being with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And good Sunday morning to Attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Michael, you? thank you for being with us. Thank you. I guess it was almost 250 years ago now. Well, it was, yes, actually. Well, today we're going to be talking about year-end tax planning strategies. You know, taxes, unfortunately, are a very important part of our society. It's what we pay for the price of our liberty. We have to pay for our government. We may not always like our government, but it's the price that we pay for the civilization that we have. So today we are going to talk about some very specific things for year-end tax planning techniques, year-end tax planning strategies, some ideas of some things you can do and not do with your IRA accounts. And if you pay taxes at all, you should pay attention because the things we're going to talk about today will be useful to every single one of you. I used to have to I, I used to complain so much about <clears throat> paying my excise tax and thought that it was such a ripoff in the expense, especially if you're buying or you know a fairly new car or a new car. Uh, but and I used to say that they didn't do anything to fix the roads around town, and over the last year or so, they're ripping up every road. And now I'm complaining about all the detours and traffic trying to get around all the road construction. So it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yes, but sooner or later, <laughs> you'll be able to have nice, smooth roads to drive on, won't you? Yep. So um, I'm going to give you one quotation to start with from Steve Forbes, who's the publisher of Forbes magazines. The politicians say we can't afford a tax cut. Maybe we can't afford the politicians. So think about that one. Well, let's talk about some year-end tax planning strategies. And um, I guess we should also announce that we're having a conference coming up, shouldn't we? You want to talk about that briefly, Peter? Sure. That's coming up uh, this Wednesday and this Thursday at the South Worth Library in South Dartmouth. It's December 12th and December 13th. December 12th and December 13th. Again, this Wednesday and Thursday at 630. Uh, Taxes today and estate planning strategies. It's mostly going to be about taxes today. Uh, year-end planning for uh, taxes and the new tax changes that happen at the beginning of this year. Uh, it's all about avoiding the tax mistakes that could cost you thousands. Uh, it is a free event, and uh, you must make a reservation. Unfortunately, we're really getting full uh, for both events. The number to uh, make your reservation is 508-998-8858. Uh, Tech-savvy people who are online a lot can also register at usawealthgroup.com. So let's talk about some very specific things. This is going to be um, sort of a fact-filled show we're doing today because we've got lots and lots to talk about. The first one is simply called tax loss harvesting. 
So if you have something that has lost money, like an investment, maybe a stock, and you have something that has made money, um, you can harvest losses by using losses to offset gains. So if you have losses in one thing and you're going to sell that, you get a tax loss, you can use that loss to offset something else that you're going to sell and make a gain on. And the market's been really screwball, hasn't it? Up and down and up and down. It's been a roller coaster. Mike, you want to say something? Well, I was just going <laughs> to chip in there. Sometimes, I don't know if this would apply to a sale of a house. Was there, there's a capital gain on the sale of a house. Would that be something that you could use? Well, let's talk about that for a minute because, um, uh, first of all, as you know, I like to talk about taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sell a house and it's your primary residence, and it can be a one-to-four family primary residence, by the way, um, if you've owned that house for at least two years and occupied it as your personal residence, some very specific rules, you can sell it. And if you have a capital gain, uh, the first $250,000 of capital gain is tax-free. Hmm. If you're a married couple, you can double that. What If you're going to sell a house at a loss, you're not allowed to deduct a capital loss on the sale of your residence. Hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. So you can defer a gain, and it's 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 one of those unique things we have in the tax code. Everything in the tax code is a result of some political decision. That decision was because Congress felt at some point it was important to try to promote home ownership. Right. So give people tax benefits. And and with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 that again really took effect at the beginning of this year, uh, it's affecting vacation home buyers. And it's also affecting buyers um, who are basically trying to sell their homes to move to different states. And I imagine these days there aren't many people selling houses for losses. After 2008, the prices have gone up in value. Mm -hmm. Yep, they have. That's true. Um, Interestingly, though, I I read the Wall Street Journal every single day. And in Houston, they now have a glut of houses. Hmm. And they can't sell them. They're taking major cuts. The builders are taking major cuts because they've overbuilt. So we're seeing some shakeout right now across different areas of the country where the real estate market is definitely softening. And that's something to think about. Do you think that that's also possibly because of what happened with the flooding, with the hurricane, that a lot of people don't want to live in Houston anymore? Um, I don't think people would avoid Houston because of that. No, I think it's a reflection of a lot of things. It's a reflection of the fact that the Federal Reserve has been increasing the discount rate, the rates that banks have to pay to borrow money. That, in turn, means that mortgage rates have gone up. When mortgage rates go up, it has a dampening effect on on the, the home buying business. Yeah, that's nationwide, but I don't it really It is nationwide, see, yeah. yeah. I just don't see that there's other uh, parts of the country that have a bigger problem, as you're talking about with Houston right now. Well, a lot of people think the economy is doing really well right now, but there's a lot of soft spots in it also. Obviously, we're not economists, but we read a lot and go to a lot of conferences and learn a lot. And although the unemployment rate is pretty low at the moment, a lot of the jobs that are out there are not really good-paying jobs necessarily. And there's still a lot of people who are being laid off, especially – um, those who have been with the company for a long time, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. There's just no loyalty with the big companies anymore for long-term employees. Once you're at a certain age or a certain salary, they're not um, you know, unhappy at all to let you go. Well, it's just been the news in the last week or so, too, that General Motors is closing, what, five automobile plants, and they're laying off thousands and thousands of workers. Uh, 14,000. Yeah, right before today. Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that may have a spillover effect. Um, it's already had impact on the economy because the president talked about 
well, I'm going to I'm going to think about taking away the subsidies that General Motors has been getting. One of the interesting things about that also is that uh, a lot of the companies, including GM, are eliminating uh, a lot of their sedans. Uh, I read probably 10 days ago on CNN that GM is no longer producing six of their um, most popular cars, two of their Cadillac sedans, the the Chevy Cruze, the Chevy Volt, and the Chevy Malibu, along with uh, one other. You know, these are popular sedans that have been around forever that they're just no longer going to produce. Let's come back to some of the tax points because um, there are a lot of things. I've got, I don't know, I've got 16, 20 different tax tips for year-end tax planning. A lot of people are going to be surprised this year because with the new tax withholding rules that went into effect, uh, withholding has changed to try to become a lot more close to what the actual tax is likely to be. So a lot of people in the past um, have anticipated getting a large tax refund in the following year. That's not going to happen as much this year. Um, I don't think people have even thought through about what impact that's going to have on the economy because people, when they get tax refunds, tend to go out and spend the money. That's that's going to be uh, happening less this year. So if you're thinking that you're going to get a larger tax refund this year, you may want to do some pre-planning even now um, in this um, – you know, the last couple of weeks of the year to try to get a forecast on what you think your tax refund is likely to be or whether you're going to have to pay money. If you can do a little forecasting, it's going to make a difference in how you can plan some things. And especially people who are long-term employees of a, of a company have a really good idea as to what they're going to receive uh, for a tax return every year. And if they're expecting that amount, it's going to be greatly reduced. A lot of people don't just use that money for vacations or for a special purchase. They use it to get caught up on bills. Yeah, pay so, credit card debt and so forth. Got a plan. Um, one thing just before we move on, because I we didn't mention it, and I, I want to mention it now and again in about 20 minutes, is... The um, office is a location for Toys for Tots. We've mentioned it uh, basically every week for the past few weeks. Uh, We have never seen so few donations as this year, uh, which is strange because, you know, the economy has been doing good in everyone's eyes for the most part. Um, So please consider dropping off a new, uh, unused, unwrapped toy, uh, article of clothing, check, gift card, anything. Uh, at our office, we've only had the box filled up and taken away by the uh, Marine Corps Reserves one time, uh, and that runs until December 22nd or 23rd. So just to be on the safe side, swing on by, stop by, and say hello to uh, us and drop something off before December 22nd. Well, you know, when it comes to taxes, uh, Pete and Mike, uh, Will Rogers once said, it is a good thing we do not get as much government as we pay for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about that one for just a second. But let's talk about some specifics of taxes. You know, one of the recommendations that some um, writers will make is watch carefully if you have mutual funds. What happens in the month of December with mutual funds is real simple. The mutual fund companies have to justify their performance. They have to show that they're making their return. So what do they do in December? They sell those stocks that have been doing the best – And it generates a profit, let's say, and then they can show that the holders of the mutual funds, the investors in the mutual funds, are getting a certain percentage return. But it also means you've got to pick up those uh, interest, uh, dividends, and so forth on your income tax returns. So it's the time of year 
Uh, and there's two aspects of that. The other aspect is they're selling off often their best performing things. They're leaving in their portfolio the most poor performing things. Mm. Then they've got to go out and buy something else and start all over again. So there's a lot of sales and, and buying and selling and churning that takes place in the month of December. And maybe you're better off sometimes thinking about investing directly in stocks and not as much in mutual funds. Mutual funds also have large fees. But just be aware that if you have mutual funds in your 401k, your 403b, this is the time of year when a lot of activity takes place to try to see what they can do to show you how wonderful they are. So that would be a capital gain implication too. Yes, it could be, yep. You could pick up a 1099. It shows you had a certain capital gain, and you don't necessarily know what that's going to be ahead of time mm. because you're not going to see the 1099s until January. Mm. So another reason to think about mutual funds. Uh, how about gifts? Is it a good time of year to do gifts, Peter? Absolutely. Okay. Do you get advertisements at home from nonprofit organizations that want you to contribute uh, once in a while, uh, not as often as I used to, surprisingly. I don't know if it's just because I moved four years ago or what, but uh, I used to get a lot more, um, you know, for tons of different charities. But, uh, no, usually only one or two this time of year now. How about you, Mike? Do you get solicitations? We get some, yeah, yeah of course. This time of year it's yeah. pretty common. And you just did a planned giving um, uh, radio show last week. Right. Now, I, I get lots and lots of solicitations. I get them from Museum of Fine Arts. I get them from... Uh, Whale, which is a great organization, by the way. I get them from schools and law schools, and I just get tons and tons. Uh, Red Cross, American Cancer Society, everybody knows that people like to make donations at the end of the year to get a tax deduction. So it's still important to give your gifts for year-end. You may or may not get a tax benefit from it this year because what's happened is the Standard deductions have doubled in the year 2018. Tax rates have gone down a little bit for individuals. And do remember, this is only for a five-year period. The way the law is written, uh, five years from now, the tax rates are going to go back up automatically unless Congress does something to say, oh, no, they'll be permanent. Um, We'll come back to that subject in just a minute. But what happens is because of the increase in the standard deductions, Fewer and fewer people are going to be itemizing their deductions this year on their income tax return. So if you've been used to claiming itemized deductions in the past, you should take a look at it right now and not necessarily wait until April to find out whether you're going to be able to claim itemized deductions or not. Many of you will not be able to. It'll be more efficient and it'll save you more money by taking the standard deduction. Yeah, and that was one of the main uh, keys to this uh, these tax changes, and it's something that my wife and I have always done with our tax preparer, uh, is itemize a lot of different deductions, and we were well aware of that, obviously, in, in the business that I'm in. Uh, and I told my wife that it's going to be much different when we sit down next April. Well, you should take a look at it um, in, in this year. You should do it, uh, Peter. You should do it, Mike. Everybody should do it who's listening, uh, because you may not be able to itemize deductions this year. And if you have a very low mortgage or no mortgage on a house, uh, the mortgage interest deduction is one of the things that allowed most people to claim itemized deductions. So if you're not in that situation, I think it's estimated that less than 20% of tax filers are going to be claiming 
itemized deductions. And that's what I mentioned about 10 minutes ago, that because of the new tax laws, a lot of uh, home buyers are actually on the move because the new cap on deductions uh, for the state and local taxes have some people looking to just simply move to a a lower um, uh, cost of living state. So one of the one of the things about itemized deductions that you could do is you could bunch them in one year or another. So if you make you know certain gifts that you claim deductions for, maybe you want to make them all in 2018, or maybe you want to push them all over into 2019. But you should look at that because every decision you can make of this nature that will help you save money will help you save money. Um, next, um, let's talk about IRA distributions. Um, if you're over 70 and a half, as you know, you're taking required minimum distributions on your IRA accounts. Well, if you've already taken it for 2018, that's important. We like to encourage people, don't wait until the very last minute of the year. But um, you, need to discuss, you need to discuss with somebody, your, your tax preparer or folks like us, uh, what's the best time to take uh, large withdrawals? Um, And if you're planning to retire in 2019, for example, and you're going to have lower income, then maybe you want to take a larger deduction next year or or larger withdrawal, I should say. Yeah, normally uh, you want to take it as late in the year as possible, but not the very last week of December. And we've actually had a couple of clients uh, who have done that. And one person in particular liked to do it, you know, the 26th or the 27th of December, and uh, the form that he sent into the company got lost in the mail, and he didn't get his RMD in time and, you know, had to pay a penalty. Yeah, we don't like to see people wait until the very last minute. Uh, You can't count on the mail. Um, Lyndon Johnson once said, in 1790, the nation which had fought a revolution against taxation without representation discovered that some of its citizens weren't much happier about taxation with representation. Yeah. And I guess that would be true today, wouldn't it? There's a movie, I forgot what it was, but somebody was complaining about the government and the wasteful spending. And uh, the other guy says, $10,000 for a hammer, $20,000 for a toilet seat, what do you think? And uh, there is something where there was a $600 hammer scandal where the military was ordering different supplies and um, they ordered hammers at $600 a piece, and they claimed that there was actually no $600 hammers, that it was um, uh, priced into uh, the cost of buying other things, but it looked like on paper that they were buying hammers at $600 a piece. Hmm. <laughs> well, there is a lot of government waste, unfortunately, um, and um, it's really hard to change that. The, the federal bureaucracy in particular gets really entrenched. Um, so here's something. Here's a question to you, uh, Peter, from Mark Twain. What's the difference between a taxidermist and a tax collector? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. The taxidermist takes only your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain was a, a saucy person. They, they were worried about taxes even back in the 1800s when he was writing. I don't think there's anybody that likes to pay taxes, and it's one of the biggest things that people complain about, um, along with politicians in general. Some politicians, you know, are good and are doing, you know, what they feel is right for their um, constituents and for the community. But I think probably politicians are the most hated people in the country, and then 
maybe you know or complained about at least and then maybe lawyers well, might yeah no, i was gonna say <laughs> attorneys next no 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 lawyers are a very noble profession it's the second <laughs> oldest profession prostitution being the first <laughs> i didn't say that no Law- listen if it weren't for lawyers, we wouldn't have the American Constitution. Mm. Okay, remember that. And we are a nation of laws. You may not always like the laws, but it's the lawyers who help write the laws. Lawyers do lots and lots of good. No, I think there's despite more, all the jokes. I think there's more good lawyers out there than there are, you know. Oh, absolutely. Ambulance chaser, you know, evil people. But right. <laughs> well, let's talk about um, year-end contributions. Actually, let me just ask you a quick question, Mike. About sure. uh, so we know we've had a tax reduction. The tax rates are reduced for individuals mm-hmm. now right. this year for the first time. We know that it's a temporary thing. It's only five years. We know that we have a 20 plus trillion dollar deficit in the country, which is embarrassing. And we also know that the fiscal impact of the new 2018 tax law is going to cost an additional $1.5 trillion to the Treasury. Hmm. So do you think that five years from now they're going to keep the tax rates the same, or do you think tax rates are going to go up in five years? I think they'll go up. Yeah, I do yeah. too. <laughs> so, I want it, that money back for sure. Yeah, I mean, how do you pay for it? If we're not growing the economy, if we're not allowing more people to come into the country, and this is not a political statement, but if you're not creating more, more jobs, more buyers, more consumers, um, building more houses – um, creating more tax revenue. How do you create more tax revenue? Mm. You either got to cut the government or you got to raise taxes. Yeah, exactly. There's only two ways to do it. Here's some year-end things you can do that are really important. You can put more money into your 401k account because it's going to come right off the top of your gross income, and you're going to put more money aside for retirement. If you have a 403B plan because you work for a nonprofit, put more money in your 403B plan. This is why it's important to sit down and do some kind of forecasting of what you think your taxes will be. And if you think you might be in a situation where you're going to have to pay taxes come next April, um, wouldn't you be better off to take that money now and have it deducted out of your pay and put money into an IRA or 401k. That's what I was going to say. Is you, you you're going to reduce your income. IRA. That goes for traditional IRA accounts also. But you're going to do two things. that contribution. Right. You're going to reduce your income, your taxable income for this year, so you won't have to pay as much money in taxes in 2019 when you write out your tax uh, bill, uh, fill out your, your uh, tax forms. Um, but you're also going to be putting money aside for retirement. Yep. And a lot of times companies will match um, contributions yep. to a 401k too. So that's very important. So this year you can uh, contribute um, uh, $5,500 for somebody age 50 for an, into an IRA account under 50. If you're over 50, you can make that uh, $6,500. An additional $1,000 for a catch-up provision. Right. You can do the same thing for 401k contributions. By the way, if you have a 401k account, you can also put money into a – uh, IRA account. So you can have both. So think about doing a year-end contribution into a retirement account as a way to bring your income down. So if you've had a really good year for income, this is the time of year when you might want to think about reducing your income, and that's a great way to do it. 
you may not be able to do it by itemizing deductions this year. And as long as you have earned income, uh, you can contribute to to an IRA. And if you're you know over age seventy and a half and you want to contribute to something, you can still contribute to a Roth IRA. Yep. You know, there's a financial writer named Dave Barry. He said it's income tax time again. Americans, time to gather up those receipts, get out those tax forms, sharpen up that pencil, and stab yourself in the aorta. I thought you were going to say and bend over. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same thought, I guess. Well, we do need to think about that. Um, Let's mention very briefly that we are doing a conference called Taxes Today and Estate Planning Strategies. It's going to be held at the Southworth Library this week, Wednesday, December 12th. Thursday, December 13th. It's going to be at 6.30 at night. It's going to last a little bit more than an hour. There's no cost to attend the event, but we are expecting a good turnout, and you must make a reservation to attend. We won't be able to take walk-ins, 508-998-8800. And there's still time, even on the 12th and 13th, to learn some things about taxes that might help you um, in your planning. And that number actually was for the law firm. This is going to be primarily a USA Wealth Group uh, seminar. Uh, it's only a few days away. We've yet to decide whether um, Attorney Tenny Lance and Attorney Michael Coleman are going to speak, but they probably will uh, just do something brief at the end, maybe for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so it's primarily just about taxes and avoiding the tax mistakes that could cost you a lot of money and about uh, year-end tax planning. So the number for USA Wealth Group is 508-998-8858. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about um, some specific tips. We're going to talk a little bit more about some 529 plan things you can do to save money, um, some ideas for protecting yourself from tax fraud and charitable giving. When we come right back in just a moment, stay tuned. We've got a lot more to talk to you about for year-end tax planning. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you so much for listening every Sunday morning. Our goal is really simple here. We'd like to show you some things that will help you make more money, save more money, protect your family, uh, do something good for a nonprofit that you support. These are the things that we are all about. We want to show you how to protect your family and protect your money. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, MoneyWise is brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. And we've got a lot of reports that we're happy to give you on key tax changes. Um, We're getting near the end of the year, and this is the time of year we'd like to talk a little bit on the radio about give some thought to how you can save taxes. If you're trying to think about how to make more money or how to save money or how to invest more money, if you're not putting taxes into that picture, you're making a big mistake. Everything we do today is directed by taxes. And if you don't think about planning for taxes, then you're leaving money on the table is the bottom line. Welcome back to Attorney Michael Coleman. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to Peter Lance. And Peter recently, by the way, uh, completed his Series 65 securities exam to complement his Series 66 and 63 licenses that he already holds. So congratulations again, Peter, for that. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, again. Uh, Yeah, and we obviously are talking about uh, the topic of taxes and the tax changes that took place at the beginning of this year and what you can do at the end of this year to uh, help out your situation. 
and we are with uh, what I consider the tax expert, and um, really he's obsessed about taxes and learning about taxes. He's uh, constantly getting new information and new reading material to learn about any little thing that um, can impact you and your finances and how you can better your position. Uh, This past January, he went to the Heckerling Institute uh, tax uh, conference in Orlando and sat for three days, uh, like 10 hours a day, about all the new tax changes. How do you know I wasn't sleeping? Because I saw all of your notes, and when you came back, you had uh, folders and notes upon notes upon notes. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, they, they sent us home with a thumb drive from that conference, a, a stupid little thumb drive. And instead of giving you all the printed materials... It was like 700 pages, wasn't it? So I brought it home, and I gave it to Shay in the office, and, and I said, um, I'd like to print out everything, but I think we should have two copies, so we'll have two sets of this. <laughs> Shay's still working on that right now. <laughs> well, we put it in two notebooks, but... You know, you've seen the little four-inch notebooks. You've seen the six- and eight-inch notebooks. Um, I said print it on two sides so it won't take up as much space. We literally have two notebooks worth of materials that are at least eight or nine inches tall of paper printed on both sides of every discussion and conference that they had. Unbelievable. So so I didn't know it was that much. I wouldn't have suggested printing two copies of it. (laughs) Poor Shay. Shay is incredible, by the way. Yes, she is. Oh, and we talked about – I had a quick quote at the uh, top half of the show about the $600 hammer. Research that at some point. Our um, producer extraordinaire, Jason, um, who unfortunately you don't get to hear him talk, but he's always with us in studio. He's great. He uh, said during the break, he said the quote that you were talking about was from Independence Day. And uh, the The president doesn't Mm -hmm. know about this massive underground (coughs) facility under Area 51. He says, where did we come up with the money to do this? And that's when the guy says, $10,000 for a hammer, $20,000 for a toilet seat. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Jason. Well, there is a lot of waste that takes place in in government, as we know. Uh, One of my other favorite movies, by the way, is the movie Cabaret. Um, Never seen it. You've never seen – oh, you've, have you seen it, Michael? No, I have not. Oh, my gosh. You guys are culturally <laughs> deprived. Mike and I just high-fived. <laughs> oh, no. It's it's a great movie. It's really gripping, and it's got great music in it. It sounds like uh, a dancing um, musical. That's, is that no, what? <laughs> no, but it takes place, uh, it takes place as uh, Hitler is coming to power in Germany. So in the backdrop, there's you know, Hitler youth out there marching in – and singing patriotic songs and trying to rev up the population. And and it takes place in a cabaret. There's cabaret scenes. Joel, I can't remember the guy's last name, the movie actor who does, Money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. So today the topic is taxes makes the world go round, the world go round. We are talking about taxes today. Taxes are critically important. Joel Gray? Joel Gray, thank you very much. Good, good thing for Google and an iPhone. I'm, I'm very quick at researching yep. stuff that I really don't care about sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to get this movie. You guys are going to watch it. It's, it's outstanding. Was it made like 1975 or later or earlier? I'm not sure. I'd say it was probably made. You're going to look it up anyway, so you can look it up. <laughs> I'm sure there are some other people in the office who haven't seen it. Maybe we'll have a movie day. We should have a movie day. This is an exciting movie. 1972 film. Uh, it's right on the bubble of movies that I'll consider watching. Or no, not. this is this is a classic. This is timeless. <laughs> um, 
You would like this movie. It's got everything. Well, I won't go there. <laughs> we talked about um, bunching deductions. We talked about, <clears throat> most importantly, take a look at forecasting what your tax liability is likely to be. And we talked about maybe kicking some more money into an IRA account or a retirement account because that's a way to reduce your income. Yeah, the, this, these tax changes will impact uh, what you um, – get in return or what you end up paying um, for when you file your taxes this year. So start forecasting it now and planning for it now. Well, take advantage of annual exclusion gifts. Now, this is an interesting subject because if you give money to somebody, it doesn't give you a tax deduction. A lot of people are confused about gifts. It's a nice thing to do. We've got some people who have more money that do annual gifting to their children, for example, or grandchildren. Uh, But there are some interesting things you can do. Um, instead of gifting money directly to a child or a grandchild, you could take money and give it away. You can give away $15,000 a year to an unlimited number of people. Um, it's a tax exclusion, annual exclusion it's called. And that's per person. So if it's a couple, you can actually do $15,000 right. each. Now, obviously, a lot of people listening today say, well, that doesn't impact me. I don't have that kind of money to give away. But for those people who do um, – it's a nice thing to give away, but you can give away the money and put it into a 529 plan. And that's a way to uh, create a tax-sheltered plan for college expenses. And the money will grow tax-deferred. And um, it's just a nice way to give money out. When the money comes out later, it's tax-free. But that's something you should sit down and discuss with us if you are considering doing that. It's a great thing that you can do. Uh, But if you only have one child or one grandchild, uh, you may want to reconsider doing that because if that child doesn't go or grandchild doesn't go to um, uh, college or pay for any higher education expenses, uh, then you're going to pay taxes and penalties on um, those funds if you have nothing else to do with it unless you can uh, change the beneficiary to be somebody else. But it has to be a relative of some kind. It can be a cousin or a nephew, but um, do you really want to give that money to someone who you may not be that close to, so uh, that's why you should discuss it with us first. Yeah, the rules of gifting are a little complicated. You can actually give away more than that, and Massachusetts does not have a gift tax. So there are lots of good ways you can give money away. Um, Here's a quotation for you, uh, Mike. Um, People who squawk about their income tax can be divided into two classes, men and women. (laughs) Yep. Very true. (laughs) But I want to give you an actual tax tip. Now, although we're talking about year-end tax planning, this is a question that comes up once in a while. People say, you know, I know I can borrow money out of a 401k account, and there are very strict rules about that and repaying it and everything else. Um, And sometimes people have a need to borrow money. So sometimes people will ask me if they can borrow money from the IRA account. You can, but for very specific reasons again. Uh, well, technically, not borrow. You can take out without having to pay the ten percent penalty. I should say. There's there's a way you can take money out and put it back in again. So if you had a real short term need, this has to be done really carefully. You technically can't borrow money from an IRA account for short term cash needs. Um, so your IRA technically can't lend you the money, but you can get around this rule if you simply withdraw some money. So let's say you took five thousand dollars out of an IRA account. And then quickly you have to put the money, an identical amount, back into the account. And if you return it within 60 days, uh, then you're going to be okay. Uh, So the money must be returned within 60 days. 
If you don't put the money back in within 60 days, it's going to be taxed. And here's another important rule. You, you have to be at least 59 and a half to be able to do this. Hmm. If you take the money out earlier, then you are going to pay a 10% payout penalty. So there is a way, If you, as long as you're at least 59 and a half, you can take money out of your IRA account, plan to use it for some short-term purpose, put it back in within 60 days, and you're not going to pay income tax on it. And what if you're already taking your minimum distributions? That's a little different, yeah. Because so then you can, t- if you're if you're already taking minimum distributions, that means you're at least seventy and a half, and so you can take it all out if you want to. So this would only be for people below that age. Yep, and really, it's between the ages of fifty nine and a half and seventy and a half. Mm. Very perceptive question, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and what I thought you were talking about is is taking money out of your IRA. There's three specific reasons. Um, without and, and uh, without incurring the ten percent penalty. Yes, that's a little different. Yeah, and that's, that's what a little I different you were talking rule. About. That's where you're not going to put the money back in again, but you want to take the money out. And you can do it for education. You can do it for certain health reasons. If you're if, uh, suffering a, a, temp, uh, a permanent disability or um, for a first time home purchase. There's also something called a seventy two T deduction, which is substantially equal payments. Um, that, those rules are a little bit more complicated. We won't talk about it on the radio, but if somebody is 55 years old and suddenly out of work and retired and they need to take money, we can show you how to do it and take money without paying the penalties. You'll pay income tax on the uh, withdrawal amount because it's all 100% taxable in a traditional IRA, but you won't have to pay the penalty if you do it in the proper fashion. And sometimes we'll see people that have been furloughed at age 55 and they need to take money out, right? Yeah, and I don't know why I just had this feeling about everyone sitting around the breakfast table around New Bedford and the surrounding area with their heads in their cereal bowl listening to taxes for the last hour. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I just had that image come across my mind. I don't know. Do you like golf, Peter? <laughs> I don't. No? Do you like golf, Michael? I do like golf. I haven't played in a long time, but no. I do like it. Well, you know, golf is a lot like taxes. You drive hard to get to the green, and then you wind up in the hole. Hmm. Interesting, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> well, sort of an obscure joke about taxes. Well, uh, deferring income, too, is something you can do. It's another tax technique. So if you've had regular income, and all of a sudden it looks like you're going to get um, a windfall or something's going to happen in the end of December, you're going to sell a piece of real estate. Uh, it's business real estate, and you're going to recognize some income. Um, why would you want to have a real estate closing on December 15th and take all that money if you've already got other income to pay taxes on? Maybe what you want to do is kick it off, push the sale over until January. Or maybe a year-end bonus? Yep. Um, sometimes a year-end bonus might de- be declared, mm. and... Maybe it doesn't get paid until January. Oh, okay. Those rules are a little tricky because if you have the ability to take the money in December and you tell your employer, no, I don't want it until January, Mm -hmm. as long as you have the ability to take it, it's called constructive receipt, Hmm. and you're considered to have received it in the year that it's available to you. Interesting. So those rules are a little bit uh, trickier. Um, charitable giving is really important. This is the time of year. We started to talk about this a little bit. Um, this is the time of year when, when you're looking at retirement accounts, IRA accounts. Ask yourself the question, do you have proper beneficiaries named? 
And this is a good time of year to think about checking your beneficiaries, wouldn't it? I just met with clients yesterday who are both 80 years old. They have whole life insurance policies, and they have their each other named as beneficiaries on the policies, but they didn't have any contingent beneficiaries on there. So I'm going to help them with that. We'll get the forms necessary to get that done for them. So that is important. And, and Yeah, it's very important. And one of the things to mention with regards to that is you can change that at any time. So it's really important to set it up for your primary beneficiary as well as at least one contingent beneficiary just in case something happens to both you and the primary beneficiary. And then if something happens, you know, just make the changes to the contingent beneficiary if something happens in your life. Mm-hmm. The other really good thing you can do at year-end is this is a good time to give money away. This is why you get all the solicitations you do this time of year. And again, you need to have some strategic planning behind this. You need to take a look at what are you anticipating for expenses? Can you still itemize your deductions? So for charitable gifts, if you give away cash, let's say, to American Red Cross and you want to write a check for $100, you can't deduct the whole $100 necessarily. Um, and it depends on your income. I'm, I'm, you can deduct charitable deductions. The rule used to be up to 50% of the amount of your adjusted gross income. So if you made $10,000, 50% of your adjusted gross income is $5,000. That would be the limitation of what you could deduct. If you gave away more than $5,000, you could only deduct that. In 2018, they've changed that rule. It's now 60% of adjusted gross income which means you can give away a little bit more, but you still really need to be able to itemize deductions to take advantage of that. And uh, I'm just going to go through a couple of tips if you are either a business owner or self-employed. If you think that your income will be about the same or less for next year, then you should consider deferring your income to next year by sending out any invoices that you might have a little bit later. Uh, So that way they're paid in 2019 instead of now. Um, and then consider accelerating some expenses by buying extra supplies or other items for your business this year. Um, make charitable contributions before the end of this year so you can get the deduction for this year. And then prepay any, any state or local income or property taxes to get the deduction for this year. Um, and then just three tips if you expect that your income, um, personal or uh, business income, uh, for next year will be much higher, then consider accelerating your income into this year and deferring expenses to next year uh, and then uh, holding off on charitable contributions until next year also. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to plan. Um, the only thing certain in life is death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't plan for taxes, and you're not doing the planning that you should be doing. I think there's probably more quotes about taxes than any other quotes that we've ever researched, and most of them just make you depressed, don't they? (laughs) No. um, Some of them are funny because you have to laugh about it. We have a good chart called Key Tax Changes. It compares um, the tax laws, the major portions of the tax laws in 2018 compared to the prior year in 2017. Um, Most significant changes, obviously, have been in tax rates. The number of tax brackets uh, right now uh, is uh, there's still seven brackets for an individual. It's between 10 percent and 37 percent. And it's it's not a big deal in some ways for the upper income people because the top tax bracket used to be 39.6 percent. Now it's 37 percent. 
but they get a lot more benefits in a lot of other ways, uh, very wealthy people. The standard deduction this year um, is $12,000 if you're single, $24,000 if you're married. You get to deduct that off your income tax, basically. That's double what it was the last year. Um, medical expenses, um, again, it's not going to help you a lot unless you can itemize. And as I've mentioned earlier, only about 20% of people are going to be able to itemize. But if you have a lot of medical expenses, and we do have some clients that are in that category, um, you really need to do planning right now this year and don't wait until the first of the year and say, well, that's when I sit down with my tax preparer. Get some advice now on how you can minimize your tax, maximize the benefit. And I was uh, researching something. Did you mention the larger child tax credit? Nope, not yet. So that's actually doubled to $2,000 for each dependent um, who is under age 17. So that will uh, be a benefit for any of you with children under 17. Yep. So uh, that's gone up. The old law was only $1,000, and this year it's $2,000. Alimony is a different rule starting in next year. This is huge. Um, this is the year to get divorced. <laughs> but you got to do it quick. You don't have much time. <laughs> but starting next year, um, and I'm going to be you know, gender-specific on this, it usually is a man who's paying the alimony and the woman who's receiving the alimony in a divorce situation. Well, the rule in the past has been um, – the man would get a deduction for the alimony he paid, and the wife, the woman, would pick it up as income on her income tax return. That's changing starting in 2019. The person who is giving the alimony can no longer deduct it. Nope. It's just crazy. He's going to get hit twice. <laughs> he can no longer deduct it, and the woman no longer has to pick it up as income. Yep. So I wonder how that decision was made to change that rule. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. And that's not a, a sexist statement. It's just that, gosh, you got to think about a lot more things now. You got to think about tax planning if you're going to get divorced, right, yeah. Mike? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it doesn't seem fair that he would be taxed on that, or she would be taxed on that. Yeah. One of the other key rules that we've talked about a little bit: um, if if you have two residences and you've been paying uh, real estate taxes on two places, let's say. There's now a new limitation on how much money you can deduct for SALT, state and local taxes. So state and local real estate taxes, if you have higher worth um, properties, uh, you now have a limitation of $10,000 is the most you can deduct. And that was part of what I uh, mentioned at the very, very top of the show about people's vacation homes and a lot of people considering selling their homes because of those uh, changes in what you can deduct. Well, we have an employee in the office who's um, recently given birth. And uh, so this quotation from Gone with the Wind, Margaret Mitchell. Did you ever see the movie Gone with the Wind? No. No. Michael? No, no I have oh. not. <laughs> Shame on you both. We're going to educate you. <laughs> probably haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia either. You forced me to watch that probably 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> have you seen Lawrence of Arabia? I have not. Oh, my gosh, Michael. The only movies I've seen before in 1970 are probably – Oh, Sound of Music and um, uh, what's the the Christmas movie? That's a great one. I watch it every year. And uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably about it. Well, let me give you my important quotation from uh, Margaret Mitchell, who wrote Gone with the Wind: "Death, taxes, and childbirth. There's never any convenient time for any of them." Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> no, she's probably not listening. She's taking care of a brand-new little baby. Um, the, the most important takeaway from today for anybody listening is that if you itemized last year, you're probably not going to be itemizing this year unless you still have a fairly good-sized mortgage, and then you probably will be itemizing. Hmm. But there's lots and lots of things you can still do for planning. And um, we've got some great handouts we can give you, 10 best tax planning tips for 2019. And that double-sided laminated brochure about uh, basically the, the, the uh, tax changes that took place at the beginning of the year. We'll ha- be happy to send that out. Uh, don't forget about this Wednesday and Thursday, the 12th and 13th, the seminar at Southworth Library at 630, all about what we've discussed today and a lot more. Uh, 508-998-8858 is the number to call to make your reservation, and you must do that, unfortunately. We're running very tight. Um, and the last thing to mention from me is please consider a donation to Toys for Tots. We are a drop-off location for Toys for Tots. And that's 352 Fonts Corner Road. Yes. York. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. So I'd like to say um, thank you to uh, Pete Lance, Peter, for being with us this morning. Mike, thank you for being here. Attorney Michael thank Coleman. Uh, Mike is more than happy to meet with you. There's no cost to meet and talk about planning your legal documents, and your mm-hmm. phone number is? Our phone number is 508-998-8800. And by the quotation uh, that I gave you before, but in this world nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Who said it? Give me the author of that quotation. I should know it, but I don't. It's Melville? Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> That's close. Do some planning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're here to help you. We've got lots of good forms, uh, materials to pass out. Um, If you don't plan for taxes, you're not planning properly. You're only planning in a half-hearted way. Is that the right word? Yes. Don't do that. Enjoy your holidays. Um, Come to our seminar if you want to know more about taxes. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on the radio.